This is the magazine publishing podcast with Jona Nuutinen and Jarkko Laine. Hello and welcome to the second episode of magazine publishing podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Jetro Laine. What's your title? Um, I'm a production executive uh, from Amimaru Translation and uh, Localization Services. Okay, tell us a bit about your job. Uh, well, my job is uh, to uh, basically keep everything going on the production side and also in the like more management side. So, yeah, it's really a wide area. How did you get into publishing? Uh, actually, well, I'm not directly in publishing. I'm more like in in the uh how do you say it more like production uh i mean like <laughs> uh well it's yeah it's it's production basically mm-hmm. mm. we are not a pro- publisher but we are right but uh, you work for publishers yeah we are work, working for publishers yeah maybe can you tell a bit about amimaru itself like what what do you do as a as company uh we are uh, uh, kind of a new new type of uh, translation agency and we are focusing on Japanese media especially manga and lately we are also doing some anime uh, animation uh, translations and uh, and uh, <coughs> yeah we are mostly translating from Japanese to English and some other languages like French uh, but mostly only just English so it's it's not a, a, a traditional translation company would probably have more language pairs but we are really like uh, focusing on on this small uh, area and actually that's been a great success for us because at the moment we are almost the only only Uh, company in the world who does this kind of thing. Okay, so it's, it's pretty good for <coughs> getting customers like we're already only one in the market. Yeah, so it's, it seems so because uh, some some of our uh, latest customers have said that that they they have been searching for a company who can do this kind of thing, and uh, but they haven't been able to find anyone. So so we are getting a lot of, lots of requests lately. From especially from Japanese uh, publishing companies. Okay, so so basically your customers are Japanese companies who want their their products, the manga, and other publications to be like available also in English and mm, other yes. languages. Yes, because manga is a huge uh, industry. It's it's basically yeah it's it's um, biggest in Japan, but it's getting larger outside Japan. So. There's lots of growth, and uh, the Japanese uh, publishers want to be be on the uh, overseas market also. But it's it's difficult for them because, as you as you know, uh, Japanese companies usually they don't have any English speaking staff. No, so yeah. yeah, and and Abimaru's uh, one strong strong uh, point is that that we can communicate in Japanese with them. So. We are kind of a link between Japan 
and then the Western world. So where is Amimaru located? Uh, Amimaru itself is located in on the internet, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have any offices. Uh, we work. Uh, we, we have our owners are located in uh, in England right now, mm -hmm. and uh, I am located in Finland, obviously, and. And we also have uh, one staff member in Japan. Yeah, I must add here, we are now in Yetra's office in a shack in the countryside. <laughs> <laughs> in Recording in the middle of the night. Uh, it's, it's 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's dark outside already, almost. Not, not exactly. Yeah, well, it's win it's summer. It's summer getting light uh, already. Summer night, so it's it's a short night. So when, yeah. when we finish this, it might be or morning already. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of exciting to be like doing this kind of modern thing, like in in multiple locations and not uh, tied by the limits of of location or yeah, even or even time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it reminds us reminds me also like how we work in at Forbin. Mm, similar, that's right? Similar stuff, but. We are still all in the same country. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, yeah. it makes it easier, but it, it's not a, it's not a, you know, mandatory to. Yeah, that's true. It, it's there's lots of opportunities in that, and I and you also work uh, at Amimaru with with freelancers. Mm, they yes. are from all over the all over the world. Or, uh, how, how, or how is it? Yes, we have uh, lots of freelancers. Um, uh, almost, I think uh, it's it's a growing pool of of uh, translators, letters, and editors. Uh, I think we have around one hundred freelancers right right now. Okay, it's a big team. Yeah, not all of them are active, actively actively working, but uh, yeah, we have collected a lot of lots of translators, um, uh, freelancers, and yeah, they have they are located all over the world. Did you start as a freelancer? Uh, actually, I, I, I was hired from the start as a full-time uh, manager. Are you such a rarity in the market? Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, in Finland, uh, I don't think there are any people who can, uh, first of all, speak fluent Japanese fluent English, yeah. fluent Finnish, and also be really good at photoshopping and right. and uh, lettering. And do you still do all that? Yeah, I still do the, do that, uh, especially when there's some kind of emergency that we have to uh, get something done and we don't have anything, anyone to do it quickly enough, so I can do it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go back to to Japan and talk a bit about manga. You mentioned that it's big in Japan. Can you tell a bit about how how it's consumed there and like what kind of role that kind of like uh, publications have in, in Japanese culture and culture and like the maybe a bit about the demographics also. What's the age group? Mm. Well, uh, in in Japan, uh, the consumption of manga and, and comics are Lots, lot, a lot of like it's it's very different than in um, Europe or um, on, on the US. I think 
the most uh, striking difference I think is that uh, in Japan it's kind of uh, you read it and then then you toss it off and throw it throw it away kind of how, how do you say it in English uh, discard it <laughs> discard but trash it yeah mm. uh, so so once you you can like uh, buy a big uh, uh, a thick magazine of manga about 300 pages from the the, the uh, sta train station and and when you you read it and then you toss it away and it's it, it's been like that forever like so and for example in in Europe I think most manga is really nicely printed and has nice covers and and uh, but it's the same people, story. Yeah, it's the same story, but people collect it and put it on their mm -hmm. shelves, and <laughs> and they respect it in a different way. Yeah, yeah maybe it's different. It's different for us for us in Europe because it's kind of special because it comes from mm. it comes from Japan and it's, it's right. exotic and it's it's something different. Mm. So that also may, maybe plays a role there, like how how mm. we decide to keep it or like treasure it a bit, like mm. those who. Because it's not as common, I guess. Rihanna was asking about the demographics. Yeah. Is it so that in Japan, like, it's really everyone is reading? Yeah, everyone is reading comics, and there are a wide variety of uh, genres. So I think uh, for adults there are several different. Like for for men, there are men men magazines and. For women, women, there are some romantic stories and yeah. and everything in between. And also for children, there are different kind of uh, publications, and like 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 Shonen Jump or something. And uh, they are all really really popular. And of course, there's some some of course some some men can read the women stories. It's uh, it's not that kind of. Uh, it's not black and white. Yeah, black. not black and white, but yeah. but basically, for different groups, there are very lots of different publications, and they are all quite quite popular. And uh, the volumes of uh, manga publications are huge, and uh, there there are lots of uh, like uh, even amateur uh, mangakas. Manga a mangaka is a person who draws manga. Oh yeah, and uh, they they basically they they send their stories to the pu public publisher, and uh, they the publishers gets 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 lots of stories, and I don't know how how what's the percentage of the uh, the stories that get published, but I think uh, they get a lot of lot more more stories than than they publish. Yeah, this this uh, reminds me of an interesting question that is maybe related to something we have been thinking about, which is that like this indie versus like uh, big public publishers. Mm. Like you mentioned that there are like amateur mangakas, but uh, do they ever publish like their own mangas on their websites or stuff like that, or is it always like is it are there like indie small small manga publications? In Japan, or is it like always these bigger corporations who do it? Yes, there is. Uh, 
actually there's a great, a really big um, indie industry, and it's called Dojinshi. Uh, I don't know how, how it compares to the official publishing, but it's very large, and it basically means that for for fans to fans basically, yeah. and. The quality of Dojinshi is actually pretty good because the 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 the, the writers of the, those stories are the same people who 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 write for the actual publishers, but because the volumes are so huge, not everything gets published officially. So, and I don't know why, but but the manga drawers are are very enthusiastic. So. They release a lot of stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. So even even if they get published, sort of in the regular, traditional way, mm. in addition to that, they also publish their own stuff, like the stuff that didn't get. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a really harsh harsh world. Because even uh, if some some manga guy is really popular at at one time, uh, there can be a sudden uh, like they they might just drop out suddenly. If if the audience stops liking them or the the publisher thinks that they they want they have some someone better than them, mm. and uh, manga guys don't do much money. It's also it's a known fact that they are pretty poor people, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they they don't get paid a lot. Yeah. By the okay. Most of them don't. Anyways. Do they have like followers? Is it is it common that people? Uh, sort of become fans of one specific drawer of manga. Mm, yes, of course. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So, are there any superstars like who who get like paid a lot or? Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I well, I don't know exactly, but I I would assume that um, there are some like the if the manga guy that created Naruto or. One piece or something like that, and they might be pretty well off. But but the major majority, of course, are kind of uh, not that popular because simply because the volume is so huge that it's hard to uh, stand out. By volume here, you mean like so there there are so many different people mm. doing those. Yeah, like some genres. Yeah, yeah. So actually, like, yeah. Drawing them is such a popular mm. activity, or so. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, but but well, I'm not uh, a big expert about on this subject, actually. Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe about the <coughs> publishers, then, like, are there how many big, big publishers of manga in in Japan, and like, what kind of? <coughs> I mean. Do they publish usually like many different? Like, is there like one publisher who is specialized in one thing, or is are there many? One or is there one? Is, is <laughs> are they each like publishing many different genres, or genres and publications? Mm. Um, there are lots of publishers, and yes, there there is some uh, spe specialization. Mm. For example, one of our major clients 
is the publisher who is special specializing in uh, adult genres like uh, BL and um, BL means basically uh, boy, boys love. Though <laughs> <laughs> these are the uh, popular in uh, in Japan and also in US in the US, I think, especially the girls like them. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then there's uh, some other companies like Kodansha who who has a wide variety of uh, things. Also some adult material, I think, but more 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 like uh, I think the one of the most well known. Uh, publications, the, the Shonen Jump is from Kodansha and they are actually the biggest publisher in the world I think of manga yeah, yeah. and they have lots of uh, uh, offices around the world and yeah so what about online publishing how popular <coughs> is that and how does it differ from like paper publication? Yes, uh, online publishing in Japan is, I think in, it has become a thing in just a few years now. Uh, for example, in, in five years when Amimaru started, there wasn't that many online companies and, uh, and the, the uh, and even I think many of the companies didn't actually think that online publishing would be a thing in the future so it was really hard to find uh, any companies that would be interested in like doing that kind of thing because Amimaru was, was founded on, on the thoughts that we would be an online company and and uh, try to bring some new new thoughts to, to the publishing world also so not not the or the traditional paper publishing but e-publishing and those kind of things mm. and uh, we one of our our biggest clients right now the ebook renta uh, is uh, publishing I think mostly on uh, online right now they are they have a Japanese site and an English site and they are pretty popular and I think the biggest uh, adult manga publisher in Japan right now okay so uh, the e-publishing is is on the rise um, what kind of formats or technologies are are used and and how does the how does the online publishing affect the con the content itself? Is there something interesting there? Mm. Yes, uh, the latest innovation is actually uh, the scrolling uh, e e publishing. I mean, you know that those people like to use their cell phones and iPads and. Uh, tablets yeah. so and they are easier to use when when you can just scroll from up to down and 
uh, lately there have been they, they, our client have been trying out some uh, this kind of new format that you can infinitely in, scroll from and read the whole thing without turning any pages. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of interesting because you have to draw the whole manga again, or because the the screen size is kind of uh, the the aspect ratio is uh, more squeezed than than the normal A4 or something. So yeah, you can fit only one mm. <coughs> one square in yeah in a row and yes yeah and you, you usually those kind of uh, Comics have less less speech but speech uh, bubbles because mm. they don't fit that well. So oh yeah yeah. So even it kind of affects the stories also. Yeah, you have to have to tell the story with more pictures and less words. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting mm. how you can how it affects the story. Yeah, yeah but that that sounds quite natural in a way that you mentioned earlier that people are buying the manga books. Or magazines from the uh, railway stations and these kind of places. So mm. then, <clears throat> that means that they are reading it on the on the train or on the way to work or so. Mm. So that's that's also where you use your mobile phone. Mm. So Absolutely. Yeah. So it makes sense that they are using that kind of formats there. Uh, how about the payments in these? Are they how how are these online or e ebook versions? Sold. Uh, they are sold by uh, a chapter usually, or or by book, uh, and they are, um, for example, for ebook renta, they are renting, renting the manga. You can buy a, uh, uh, like forty eight hours ticket, uh, and. Uh, or you can buy a longer ticket if you want to. Or I, I mean, like a permanent ticket. A permanent ticket, yeah. And uh, then you can read read the manga, and then oh, it can it can dark. <laughs> <laughs> Our only light just turned off. Yes, it was the computer screen. <laughs> <laughs> really? we, we didn't have the permanent tickets. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so I think, uh, mm. and you have an account to their site, and you have a wallet for the tickets, or you can buy with your PayPal account or something, and, uh, and then you you will have the, the 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 chapters on your profile, what you have. Mm. Do you still read the? The magazines online, or do you download them? Uh, you read them online, I think. Yeah. At the site. Yeah, at the site. Okay. And I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I don't think they have they have a mobile app yet. So, so is the internet scrolling the, also on mm, on the site? Um, I think mm. that's a separate app. Yeah, that's probably a separate app. I'm, I'm not like sure. A different publisher mm. maybe mm. okay I think they they haven't uh, released the 
the, the Infinite Scroll manga yet, I think. Mm-hmm. They are kind of experimenting with it right now. Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. But I think... There would be room for competition. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's kind of a new thing right now. And, and I, I know at, at least one other company who is also experimenting with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But is it only mango that is being experimented on? Uh, well, I as mean, far as I know, well, I, I'm I'm really focused on manga industry, yeah. so I don't know about regular magazines that much. But, yeah. but at least from for well, I've seen some like interactive comics in which there are some sound effects and mm-hmm. some 3D layers yeah, where cool. you rotate the screen and then some of the layers move in front and then you kind of get this a bit more like movie-like experience hmm. so That's maybe that could be coming to manga publications as well so everything would be 3d modeled i don't know about 3d but like layered oh layered okay yeah hmm, that sounds inter- interesting it also sounds like something that at requires more work yeah mm-hmm. so actually like if, if manga is produced like really really quickly, fast like with lots of uh, pages in them every yeah. month and mm. so well, it, yeah that takes it, more time but I don't think it's very complicated yeah maybe if I you have like good routines and mm-hmm. production I believe that some artists still like make it or do they draw them on the computer or some some of them do but I think, yeah. uh, from my experience, uh, most of them still draw them by hand. Yeah. Okay. Because we, what we get, uh, are usually scans. Mm. So, uh, we we also have some some works that are uh, nicely layered and done in Photoshop or something. So mm. those are easier to translate in or actually. Like let me do the lettering in English because you don't have to clean every every uh, Japanese layer by hand mm. and re- redraw the, the backgrounds and do that kind of work. But but I, I'd say that ninety percent of every manga is still drawn by hand, okay. at least for major publishers. I think is that related to the fact that there are so many people drawing them and and that they are not also professional so they can actually be drawing at home like mm. their own paintings and submitting mm. them like in mm. with pe- on paper or <laughs> um, how does it do uh, go well i don't think if, if if it's actually related that they're that to the fact that they're not professionals because some some people are professionals oh yeah and even those are drawing by hand usually mm. I think it's more like a, a tradition or some kind of uh, feeling that that drawing by hand is better than using like computer. More appreciated. Yeah, and you get that certain feel to it if it's drawn by hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Mm. Yeah, if you if you think about. Of manga and the publication, how, how these publications are published, uh, 
do you have ideas on how, how that could be sort of applied into other kinds of magazines or publications? What would you sort of take out of there from the what you've seen and suggest mm. to publishers to do? Well, a Western publisher. Mm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think uh, if you look at ebook uh, rental, they are uh, mm, every manga is like kind of uh, sorted out by by their genre and sub subgenre, and and uh, you you can. You can buy just the one one manga you want to read, and in in traditional magazines or publications, you have to buy the whole publication, the whole magazine, if, even if you want to just re read some one one article. And before you buy it, you can you, you don't possibly even know what you're buying basically. So maybe maybe the Western public publishers could learn. From from, well, I'm I'm not sure if it's related to manga business, especially, but from e e publishing maybe, mm, they could learn to spe sell more specific things, hmm. maybe, if you can if if you can use that kind of uh, ex expression, yeah, like smaller portions of content. Hmm. And very, like, directly targeted to some mm. very specific audience. Yes. Yeah, that that creates some interesting thoughts and like opportunities <clears throat> of how how you could split split the magazine issue into pieces or like maybe create more specific issues that come out more often even, but that you can like sell them. That they are not so time time related. Mm. In the in traditional model, we do public do it like issues every every month or every or in, in the case of Bread Magazine, for example, which I which I uh, publish myself, we have like three or four issues per year, so it's quite rare, mm. and that that creates kind of this <clears throat> this feeling that there is not isn't so many so many things coming out during the during the year, mm. and so actually it might make sense to split it out into, into, into a more smaller pieces and more more dedicated, more specific topics. Mm -hmm. So that we actually would be creating a back back catalog of sort of something something which is not quite books because these are like smaller things. Like I guess you mentioned chapters. In, in manga, it's, it's that it cannot be too many pages. It's like twenty or mm, 20, 30. Mm. thirty pages, so it's kind of small, small, small um, <clears throat> uh, pieces of work, but still a bit bit longer than a regular magazine article anyway. Mm. So it's just be micro payments, micro payments for like something interesting. Yeah. Mm. Like in in Brett's case, I guess we could have like small publications about some method of baking bread like let's say fermentation with yeast um, doing your sourdough starter 
making bread with a, with a sourdough, mm. or like a, like if you think of some other kind of magazine, like mm. like a magazine about, about photography, there could be like things about choosing your camera, things about like lightning and yeah. For example, this magazine called Music Tech has issues called Focus, in which they take one specific area of music production and then concentrate for that in the magazine just just one specific area of music production and they these focus issues are separate from the main line of magazines and they are oh, yeah. like timeless issues yeah so maybe readers will be actually waiting for those and like getting them yeah. and storing them yeah yeah for a longer time yeah are those like big big bundles like lots of content about yeah, that topic they're, they're and quite big magazines something like 130 pages usually mm. yeah so it's really really like focusing like getting a lot of yeah, info a lot out of, of that topic yeah interviews and and like um guides on how to do things yeah maybe even those could be like then split into like yeah. smaller pieces like they if you think be. like in this e-publishing e Sure, and way they of could thinking, be like have bundled in many different ways. They could, there could mm -hmm. be like a producer bundle and then a composer bundle, but they could include the same articles partially. Oh yeah, that's a cool idea. Like having having those articles or chapters or whatever smaller things uh, sold one by one, but then yeah. also like as as bundles. Yeah, like in these mm. kind of bigger overarching topics. Yeah. Yeah, like in Steam, you have these bundles of games, and they are in different bundles. Oh yeah, bundles of bundles. <laughs> yeah, but the audience can be really different. I mean, some games are like crossover games, and special. Um, I don't know, like adventure game. People can like some sort of three D games, and then, and they can also like some action 3D shooters, but then, you know, the same game can also be bundled in, in an adventure game bundle. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like crossover audiences. I think yeah. that kind of like content selling could be... <laughs> yeah, and if that could be still even like automated in a way, like using keywords, tags or something like that. Yeah. So if you have like a person looking for basically like a playlist for articles yeah, yeah. something like that I and mean, it, it can be like using some kind of um, AI learning mm -hmm. algorithms it could be like watching your watching your reading history and like yeah creating bundles for you like yeah. saying okay, you, you will like this this and yeah. you, you could like that and if you want to do that then you 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 have to have uh, a big pool of articles to mm. choose from so you need right. lots of articles mm. how do you get a lot of, lot of articles yeah that's that doesn't, yeah doesn't medium have some sort of like collections yeah medium is doing some interesting things i i think they have like well anyone can start their own own medium blog or like start just publishing mm. stuff there but mm. but then there's also like this kind of publication or is it publication or what they call it? I think it. I think they call it publications, mm -hmm. where 
where I have been following a few of those, like there's, what's this one called? Uh, Mission is one, I think. Some of them are official. Mm -hmm. um, oh, like medium produced. Medium, medium produced, like, or medium, medium, medium curated. Mm -hmm. And some are like just uh, other companies running mm -hmm. their publications on medium, I think. And then, then different pub writers will be will submit their articles to the publication, mm -hmm. and then they get they can get published there. And now I think they also started some kind of paid subscriptions, mm -hmm. so you can pay for pay to medium monthly fee to access like. I don't know, is it unlimited or anyway, like reading reading these articles that are not available for yeah. everyone. Okay. I don't know how it will hmm. go, but I guess that also like it's basically based on on the fact that they have a lot of lot of content there because it's user it's user generated content. So there's lot uh, there's a lot for medium to be to sell and to give away to people hmm. and I guess that's one one thing like having having users or having like every anyone who's interested in the topic hmm. write about it yeah like everyone can become a curator yeah but that also like poses some questions about maybe we can we can go there at a different time but like about but how, like, what the role of a journalist and the role of like professional mm, mm. writers is? But mm, yeah, that's maybe a different topic for a different <laughs> podcast episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a broad one. Yeah, interesting topic, though. Yeah, it is, mm. and it's one. It also like has many many uh, side topics to it, like <laughs> the role the role of indies versus mm -hmm. bigger corporations, bigger public publications, and everything in between. And also like from indies to what's the different between difference between an indie publisher and just a regular blogger or Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it is it the volume after all? I don't know, maybe or or maybe it's not volume, it's it's like the intention. Intention. How how like mm. how um driven you are like uh, what your goals are rather than hmm. I don't know how would you say yeah well yeah I think you're right I think that the size of the audience doesn't matter that much if you're maybe it's more about the dedication yeah that's how I feel as well yeah yeah but actually blogger is in the publisher maybe it, it has a certain ring of professionality to it. I mean, it sounds like you're making money if you're an indie publisher. Mm. Right? At least you're trying to make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's something more than a hobby. It's kind yeah, of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's got beyond that. It's a hobby that. with gold. Yeah. Or it's, a, or, or it's yeah, work. It, yeah. Or just a job. Or I, I don't know. Yeah, or, but it, it's I guess it it's one of the those terms that is used in many ways. Like depending mm. on who who is talking and who yeah. is, mm -hmm. some people use it for a different mm. to mean a different thing, and then others. Well, I consider myself a, an indie publisher because I've released three albums, 
as an indie artist so and I'm really goal driven so yeah yeah I think I fall into that category yeah I think so too yeah mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. it's actually interesting also like like uh, it's not just magazines or books or it's also music and yeah Mm-hmm. There's lots of similarities and and commonalities in all, all yeah, of these kind of much, media, just every form of media, and like Etra mentioned also like uh, anime, like animation movies. Yeah, it goes like anything of all of these kinds of things where you create some kind of media are in a way re- related. There's, there are similarities yeah. in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do. Because you are trying to touch a person and create some feelings. Yeah, yeah. basically that's that's what what you're trying to do. Yetro, can you tell us about like all the other products that kind of make a lot of the business of manga? Hmm. Yes. Uh, uh for i think for most manga publishers manga itself is is not the the biggest uh business it's it's uh, it's the it's the base to build on to build upon uh, um i think the most money is in in the uh in the What's the, what is it called? Like side products. Side products, yeah. Uh, a publisher can make a, a deal with some some uh, convenience store brand that they they have their character mascot in their store and and they sell some some chocolate drink or something or figures or figurines and and of course some other even even some music CDs or mm. whatever and and those are usually like the the products that actually make the money for the for the publisher uh, publishers I think yeah but, but so the, the manga manga creates creates the the characters and and uh, and then if if something gets really popular they will get their side products and yeah and they get licensed and yeah. yeah but without the manga these products couldn't yeah. exist mm. right yeah and most i think most anime is actually based on manga usually and even uh and then uh the side products are also easier to make from from the anime mm. than than the manga because the anime is more vivid and more interesting and uh, more popular usually mm-hmm. and have a bigger audience so or not necessarily bigger audience but i think uh, more fanatic maybe? yeah maybe more fanatic or more it's it's easier to approach mm. and so uh, is it more pop culture yeah but but well in japan i think in japan manga is consumed by almost everyone mm. so in in japan it it, not, it doesn't necessarily uh go that way 
but but yeah in, in still still anime is usually it's more kind of it's hard and harder to make first of all and because manga is usually black and white or, mm. or gray grayscale so anime anime needs to have more work mm. on it so yeah mm. so you when you mentioned that or you, when you say that manga is consumed by everyone or almost every, everyone i started thinking like is there something like like serious manga like let's say historical or history books or like um something like old people would be reading in their uh rocking chairs or <laughs> yes there there is um there are lots of historical stories and uh, for example based based on some japanese history era or some some historical figure and uh, those are actually more popular than one would think yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting yeah and of course um, i think some people i think still have the image that manga or anime would be for kids but uh, but i think most of the, of the genres are actually uh, either too violent for kids or too pornographic or some erotic <laughs> or something for kids so, so <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah mm. maybe maybe that comes from from the western world like where we are we see like uh, Donald Duck and like all kinds mm. of these mm. children's comics yeah although there are also like Some yeah, like uh, really, really nice yeah, like uh, adult comics and like really nice. Yeah, but they're not that popular. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of I think uh, even in Japan, although I said that everyone reads manga, but those kind of genres are, I think, a, a bit more underground than mm. than the the Donald Ducks and uh, that kind of. Uh, genres. Yeah. What about Western comics in Japan? Mm, they are not that popular. Yeah. I think um, they have the same mm, kind of position as we have for manga. Yeah, you, I think okay. you can say that. Yes. Yeah. And uh, even Disney, uh, even though uh, everyone knows Disney in Japan because they have Disney World and mm. but it's it's mostly like Mickey Mouse and okay. that kind of it's uh, it's not that widely known okay actually I wonder if if because um, in Finland uh, uh, Disney is really popular as a comic book thing we have a lot, a lot of Had the Donald Duck magazine that comes every week, and there's like this monthly or how, how often they do it, like this bigger pocketbook collections. And I think in Europe in general, I guess there are lots of like uh, comics from the Disney world. But are they so popular? Like even in 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 the U.S., is is Disney 
in many places more more about the movies and and that stuff than mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. comics. I think so. Yes, I think so. There's a, there are some cultural mm-hmm. differences there too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess we could. I don't know. What <laughs> what should we ask next? <laughs> well, I thought about the like the fan packages. Ah. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes, there is uh, one one company who who has come up with this uh, new new kind of uh, way of doing money with with publishing. Uh, basically, they they collect uh, um, collect a whole series of manga. It could have like one hundred chapters, and they they hunt down all the chapters and. Put put them all in a nice box, and then put some some side products in there, and maybe some autograph of the artist, and then they seal it and sell sell those kind of packages. And uh, even though Japan is usually they don't collect that many manga and, and don't have have those, uh, but there are some fanatics. Who who really want to buy those? So, so this this company is actually they had they had they they were featured in in a television program just uh, a few months ago, and uh, they are actually doing lots of money for that kind of they, uh, yeah, thing. And uh, so maybe the bigger mm. publishers should kind of take notice. Mm. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> there seems to be some money mm. in that kind of business. Yeah, because uh, and yeah, because basically they don't even uh, publish their own manga. They just collected the, collected the, the chapters all are all, all from the internet and uh, mm. they they hunt down. Just put it together. Yeah, put it together nicely. Yeah. Mm. So is it like these are quite these sound like quite expensive packages or Yes. So it's, it's really for those fans who mm. who want to have the this fan experience. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's a bit similar to to music. I I we have been talking about yeah. this with Yona occasionally how how like in music it's always like now that we get can get the the songs and the albums so easily on in Spotify or yeah. iTunes or something like that, so it, it sort of makes the collector items, collector editions, more interesting and like more. Like, mm. I guess the only only reason why I would be buying um, a CD or like a, yeah. a physical record would be to get like this kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's something similar in in public publications in magazines also at the same mm. same time like. Because there seems to be some kind of in the indie indie magazine world, there's this kind of rise in in uh, really nice quality printed mm. magazines. Like one one I I like a lot is Off Screen, mm. a magazine for for uh, tech people, but only in print. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of it's like wired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there's some, there's something in the human psychology that uh, 
you you simply just want to have it in your hand. Yeah, and touch touch it. And that's 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 the instincts that can be monetized, I think. Hmm. Yeah, when you do it right, mm. um, I mean, maybe not everyone will be when you add want to, the to buy that. Mm. 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 But when you are like invested enough in the in the topic in the mm. whatever yeah, it is, I mean, mm. it's it's more like a commitment when you get something that is actual physical thing. Then you kind of show your respect toward the thing, mm. and and you get to think about it more when it's visible in your shelf or on the table or mm. you know, like on your wall. I don't know, but I kind of that's why I want to buy some like physical products because it reminds me of the greatness of the thing. Mm-hmm. So that I think about it more, and then I consume it more because I want to get more into it and kind of experience more of it. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's a part of my identity to yes. to express that this is what I like and this is what I respect and what I would like to have more and like to show other people that. This is me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Also, like, like, um, why well, I, I like to like arrange my bookshelf a lot. Like, yeah. As I you often they spend time uh, thinking about in what order my books are in the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And why do I do that? On the surface, I at first I, I feel like I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. But when I think about it more, it's exactly what you said. Like it's it's kind of this thing where you're organizing who you want to be or who yeah. you want to be seen as mm-hmm. yeah. in a way like it's then, it's also showing your, yourself to others you're probably reorganizing yourself also mm. I mean it's prioritizing yeah, yeah it, it changes also like how, as yeah. your thinking changes yeah you move some some books or some magazines or some albums or something like that mm. From the top of the shelf into like a more visible place, or or the other way around, or yeah. depending on your how you evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess that also goes in when you uh, it's related to digital world in a way like that 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 is a, a problem in the digital mm-hmm. publishing and yeah. one that I don't think anyone has really really. Um, uh, fixed or like uh, addressed well yet mm. Mm. is how how you could incorporate this kind of this part of owning the products or owning the publishing owning the uh, magazines or books or mm. whatever you buy in a way that you can also express yourself to others yeah well, I think that Goodreads is doing a good job with that yeah that's true but they are not so. selling books yeah, <laughs> not not directly. <laughs> Although I guess it's an it's an Amazon it's, it's an Amazon pretty, company now, right? Yeah, it's a pretty good affiliate <laughs> company. Yeah, but yeah, something like that. But but for magazines, it could be also interesting, mm. like how you mm. how you can store your reading history or like your. Are you sure they don't do those magazines? I haven't seen at least. I don't know. Hmm. We should do that. Yeah. 
like your magazine profile or something. Mm. There's this mm-hmm. one one site called Magpile, magpile.com mm-hmm. and I think they have something like that, like which printed magazines you own and okay. mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But yeah, it's not for e e magazines. I think yeah, or digital things. But yeah, that's one one place. There's also one for music collectors, in which you can list your your like owned CDs and. Yeah, like rate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's still kind of different from from the from like your home mm. and how yeah how in your home and your bookshelf or your desk or there you do it in a in this kind of um, sort of subtle, subtle way. Mm. You leave the magazine on the table, <laughs> just like casually. It's yeah. there. Yeah, you're not really like. It's for you. You, you. You haven't. You are not putting there like a star rating. Like okay, this is four stars. Right. Just leave it there. It's it's sitting there and like sort of like you. It's it's waiting for you to read it. But it's not. It doesn't ma- Doesn't matter if someone else sees it there. It's also yeah. not. It's a bonus yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> so that kind of like um, casual uh, sort of smaller like like hinting like these are nice nice things mm. that I like that's not that if you read a book in on Kindle or if you read the magazine as a PDF you don't quite mm. get that same mm. then it's only for yourself yeah, and then you really need to go to Goodreads to list the book that you're reading on Kindle yeah then nobody it, knows about it yeah and then it's do. so like official like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're really saying okay I've read this book hey take a look yeah <laughs> I do that all the time, but it's kind of like a different, mm. different experience. Mm. And then you tweet about it. Of course, you can tweet Does about it. Does it mean less to you to post it online than to have it in on your shelf? That's a good question. I don't know. In in a way, it's it's funny actually how it how it, at the, from one point of view, mm. it's sort of like a bigger thing to put. It rating for it and like post it there yeah yeah but at the same time it, you you rate it you post it and then you forget about it mm. 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 then it's out there in the list and I, i'm i'm really happy it is it is there like i i've been collecting my everything i read on goodreads since mm. like i think five years ago or, or more okay so i can go go back there and see the history of everything you've read yeah also those that those books i've read from the library oh, okay so it's kind of nice. It's not only the things that I I bought myself. Mm. So for that I like it a lot. <clears throat> but then, at the same time, like those books in the bookshelf, mm. or the magazines on the table, they are yeah, somehow, somehow, somehow special. Mm. Because they are physical. You have them. I still have them. Yeah, yeah. I still have them. Oh. <laughs> and and that's for you. I mean, when you post something online, it's not if you're alone at home with your bookshelf then you feel your identity anyway oh, you yeah. don't need to go online to like prove it to everybody you, you just you just kind of feel that well yeah, that's true so you're actually like when you're building your or when you're showing your uh, identity through stuff you have hmm. 
you're not doing it just just to show it to others or not even maybe mainly for others yeah you're doing it for yourself yeah that's that's a good point so actually you're re- reminding yourself of who you are yeah in a way yeah yeah mm. reinforcing your mm. some sides of yourself yeah and that's why i started buying books because i used to like go to the library and get some books but then i wasn't as invested in reading them as when i was when i bought the books and i'm also a very slow reader so i wanted to have as much time as i needed mm, yeah. to read a book mm. and then like own it to remember what i've read and mm-hmm. kind of remind myself that this is the book that i read and these are the thoughts that came with the book oh yeah seeing the so, book there yeah. it's remind you always, already like yeah i know what, remember some core ideas from the book and yeah because i i read a lot of books that are very like they're not fictional books mm, like non-fiction yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so so it's like i want to get the instructions or or the ideas from the books so whenever i look at the book i remember what i should be doing and and why i got the book what was the question before reading the book and then i remember that i oh yeah i got these answer for, from from the book so yeah you know that's true it's ha- i i have the same exper- experience also and i do read a lot on on the kindle i use the ipad app Mm-hmm. to read Kindle books and and there there is more of this kind of forgetting hmm. forgetting about the book and the ideas in it hmm. it's really handy to read on on the device like in yeah. bed at night you can read without, without I can read without like uh, having my light, light on hmm. so my wife can sleep <laughs> <laughs> and and so on but but then when you, when I finish the book I post it on Goodreads and it's sort of like then it's it stays there on the kindle mm-hmm. but that's it it's there and you don't it's quite rare to go back to the kindle library to browse it to see like yeah. what kind of books there are there mm. it's only when i'm looking for like something new to read and then i realize that okay i bought this new book and i was already had this other Yeah. 15 books here that I have totally <laughs> forgotten about and that I haven't, haven't even started yet <laughs> right that kind of thing well that happens with the with the physical li- physical book shelves okay. as well but it's in a dif- in a different way mm. yeah yeah but now I guess we are quite off quite off topic but it's a good discussion I would like to bring some of that experience to the online reading as well like to maybe give some of the like emotions that are attached to the physical books to some of the articles online or or some like electronic publications or something i don't know there could be something more to more to the reading experience than just reading maybe maybe yeah. something like there could be this um like a collection that would be maybe more visual or something i don't mm-hmm. know yeah, i think one thing that 
to go back to the topic of manga and comics in general is that if like with with uh, normal magazines where you have like articles mm. that are that are mostly text with some photos mm. it's kind of like when you publish that online it goes really close to those uh, all those blog posts and free articles online mm. And and there, there's there's this kind of um, feeling that people have that okay, why should I pay for this? I can already read so many free articles. Like the world, the internet is full of articles, and I can read everything. Mm-hmm. So why why do I pay for this? Mm. Uh, with manga, manga, I guess like if I think about that, like scrollable comic, there's already something that is kind of different. Like it's it's graphical. Uh, that makes it a different experience. It's not mm. it's not like a like you can get lots of comics for free, I guess. Or can you? Um, you can get uh, pirated <laughs> comics uh, <laughs> for free, but mm, and some some dojinsi also is free. So. It's possible to get them, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's it, it it boils down to the quality of the of the uh, work, basically. So it, when you pay for something, you know that you're going to get something that that won't disappoint you. Well, yes, I know it's it's high quality and it's high it's quality. good work. Uh, yeah. And when you pay for something, you you, you really you have uh, you have the feeling that, that this is exactly what I want, and so I am ready ready to pay for it. Okay, so that comes back to the topic mm. that we talked about earlier, how to how it's important to have like really specific chapters or uh, magazines that you can buy, so you know that this is actually for me. Yeah, this is the one that I I want to have. Like if you're into Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, zombie spaceship, <laughs> um, boy love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can get that. You can probably get that. <laughs> mm. Then you don't have to buy this whole whole book or collection. Is yeah. just, just go to that one topic you like and. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And with with uh, with the internet. It's even easier to find your own little corner where you can have just the, the just the right genre you you like. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but maybe those corners are sometimes so small. It makes sense that you have like this kind of publisher who who does multiple corners. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to the, there, go to just one side, and you have you can find those mm. different topics and di- different niches mm-hmm. from there. I guess in books, Amazon is doing also that. Like you have one big bookshop where you get everything hmm. you like, but I'm not sure actually in, in magazines what's what's the best way to approach that. Yeah, it's a bit different kind of uh, world. Hmm. But yeah, interesting thing to look at, like have a high quality 
things like, like you know that when you buy from this publisher or from this magazine this company you get something that is worth worth your money worth your time I guess also and then then like also like <clears throat> really for you mm. so maybe those are some take- takeaways here mm. like like find find really specific topics to mm. to uh, write about or to draw about <laughs> Mm. Mm. And and make it easy to buy those Small things that you want to. Of mm. Content. Mm. Mm. And yeah, and and then then also do it in a in a good high quality way. Yeah. The problem I think is that if you uh, in order to get it to work, you will have to have. Uh, Lots of content because uh, if you just do like one one small article about some really weird topic, it's it's not probably it's probably not going to be really popular, and you won't make much money for it, out of it. But if you do like uh, hundreds of those kind of really specific topics and articles, and then it kind of becomes small rivers that that create the bigger river so of in- income mm-hmm. uh, of course it, it it needs a lot of work to create a lot of lots of content and uh, I think this is one of the differences be- between like uh, smaller indie publishers and larger companies who can afford to have all those um, uh, smaller, uh, how do you say it, like... Like subcontractors mm-hmm. or like yeah. freelancers or stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I guess a, a small small magazine, small publication can also start doing like, maybe they maybe they don't have to go all all the way to, to mm, those yeah, really, they can, they can really take, specific niches. Yeah, they can take you can some, go like, some lessons out of this. You can go to like a, a topic that is somehow well. Of course, if you have a topic like I, I'm thinking about bread magazine myself, mm. as I always come down, come back to that. Like thinking about like the topic of bread itself is kind of kind of niche, mm. but even there, I I see like there's opportunities to look into it, like going into more mm. more detailed topics in inside of it and and apply some of this. Some of these ideas, mm-hmm. maybe selling articles rather than I don't know. I think selling articles can be a bit, a bit too too small. Too small but like selling bundles. smaller bundles of articles could work. Yeah. Mm. And and mm. yeah, smaller thematic yeah issues. And also like yeah, I guess well the question of having a lot of lot of content also like sort of itches something in my mind like mm. using like um, I don't know having more user generated mm. content mm. or reader reader generated but then then that that's also it's, it's a bit tricky like how because then then there's also the side that get mentioned like of how how you ha- can trust that you have the high quality mm. 
when you pay pay for it. So mm. you have to balance between yeah, yeah. a lot of content and good content and mm. yeah. that kind That's of thing. That's always the, the problem. But yeah, but there can also be free content that is user generated. Mm. Mm, true. Just to attract more readers. Yeah, yeah. It will create the impression that there's there's a huge amount of content, and then the readers will still want those uh, official official <laughs> better better quality. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Articles. Yeah, but there's always a need for like quality content. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that, that just just uh, puts more pressure to make it really really yeah. quality mm. and yeah. to stand out and and be also also quality in the sense that it's it's useful and it's worth the money and you get something mm. get something out of it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how do you control quality? Um, on well, we have editors who 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 are who is killed and uh, I'm, I'm well I'm one of them actually uh, what are your standards our standards what do you look for mm, it's, a, it's a hard question actually <laughs> uh, well ideally uh, we want to um, hmm. Well, basically, you have kind of two ways of doing a manga translation. You can either, uh, well, the simpler one is simply uh, use some standard font for everything and put everything on top of the Japanese text or something, and just just uh, clean clean the text from the speech bubbles and. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of a really rough way of doing it, but in the way we are doing it, uh, ideally is to actually localize the whole manga, and uh, it, it means that uh, we remove everything or almost everything Japanese from the from the content. And like and re replace or... replace it in English. Okay. So, and manga is uh, different to to some like Disney comics or something like that because manga is really visual and even a sound effect can 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 be like half half of a page mm -hmm. and there can be literally like tens of sound effects on one page. <laughs> and uh, they can be on top of uh, the artwork, like faces or, mm. or some hair, some other artwork. And it's uh, it's really you, you have to have the skill to remove those original, uh, yeah. original sound effects. And even then, you have to uh, have the the artistic eye to to put the English uh, translated sound effects or some other uh, like usually like you have a narration that's on top of the artwork so you have to <laughs> kind of redraw a, a big chunk of the page and, uh, so that, that, that's the, that's our like ideal way of doing 
doing the translation. It's it's it takes time. It takes it takes skill, and uh, it's not really easy. But mm. so that it wouldn't look translated. Yeah, it's yeah. Ideally, so you're aiming for localization instead yes, of translation. Yes, exactly. Okay. So it's it looks like it's like manga, but it's everything is in English and it looks, yeah, it looks visually like real nice and like similar runner. to the original. Mm. Of course, there are some people who think that 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 kind of way of working is not. Good. They they prefer the the original Japanese, mm. even though they can't read it read it, but they 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 like the feel of the original. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess in in when it comes to Japan, there's this kind of thing like well, you yourself you're one of these people who are sort of fans of Japan, mm. and and I guess manga at least in in Finland has used has has been this kind of. Thing. Thing that people can read because it's Japanese. At first, at least they mm. come to it because they sort of get excited about Japan, and so then it, it's sort of it's fun, also fun to see like something Japanese there. Mm. But yeah, I guess when you're aiming also for a broader audience, when you're aiming for like more, like preaching, not only those sort of hardcore fans. And then what you do, like your approach, makes a lot of sense because mm. then you actually understand what, <laughs> what the comics are are about, and yeah. can, can read also the signs and yeah. the sound effects and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about uh, you mentioned like it was really well, what you said here is is a lot about the visuals. And how how it looks like. Do editors editors also check on check the language and mm, yes. that it makes sense and it's it's really translated well and mm, yes of course and uh, uh, oh, first of all our, our translators are well they are freelancers but they they are usually like really enthusiastic about manga and they have been reading manga for a long time. So they kind of know the fan base and uh, they they know the the language. They speak the same language that, as the the fans. Oh yeah, in the, in the style and mm. yeah. So yeah. So we have chosen the, the freelancers so that the fan, fans can appreciate the the translations. So. Where would you recommend for a beginner to start, like getting to know manga? Hmm. I think uh, a good way to start is to, to find a, a website similar to ebook renta. Uh, I think Kodansha has their some some publications, uh, some websites. Uh, online you can start reading manga and uh, well if you if you like the ad- adult material you, you, can, you can go to ebook rent also but yeah mm. there are lots lots of pages mm. 
Okay, so going online is, is a good way I to start. I think that's the easiest way of getting started with manga nowadays. Okay, let's do that. Yeah. Well, put some links to the show notes. Yeah. And then um, you can check it out. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, and we'll get back to you on episode three. Bye bye. Mm. Bye bye. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Yetra, for being here and <laughs> sharing your experiences. Yeah. I hope they were insightful. They were. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>